Hello and welcome to the Nourished Chat. I'm Bonnie, registered dietitian and founder of the Nourished Path Personal Online Nutrition Coaching. I'm here to give you all of my best tips and tricks to live a more nourished life without giving up all your favorite foods or spending all of your time cooking. Hello and welcome to the Nourished Chat. I am so excited to have Gabriella here. She is an alcohol-free success and accountability coach. Welcome, Gabriella. Hello. Thank you for having me. We are going to be talking a bit about how to either go alcohol-free, if that's something you're interested in, or reducing the role alcohol plays in your life, why it's important, what benefits it might have, and a few tips on how to do that. So let's start first with why you started going alcohol-free. Definitely. So I think my journey with going alcohol-free actually starts when I was much younger. I think like most of us, when I was a kid, a teenager, I just wanted to fit in. And one of the things as I started getting into my teenage years, I saw people around me drinking and I had this immediate association with alcohol and fitting in and being social and feeling confident. And so I started drinking at a pretty young age and I used it definitely as a way to feel connected to others. When I was then kind of two years ago, I'd very much been in that same mindset. Two pretty big things happened in my life at the same time. The first is we went into COVID and we were in lockdown. Um, I was pretty fortunate for most of my life that I had never really thought about my health. It was something I was 26 years old at the time. I'd been really healthy and it was the first time that the concept of health was even really put in front of me. I saw loved ones pass away. I saw really seemingly healthy people not make it through. And it was the first time that this kind of fragility of life just broke down. And I realized this is all we get. This is the one life that we are gifted with. And that just kind of became part of my conscious thinking in parallel. Well, my grandmother got diagnosed with Alzheimer's and during COVID, I had a Zoom call with her, and it was the first time that she had was unable to recognize me and had forgotten my name. And the two of those events together really just got me interested in, this is the only life we get, and how important our cognitive health is to our longevity. Seeing my family members, seeing my grandmother go through Alzheimer's and not be able to remember me really was the thing that just put me into sponge mode. I went out and started reading about alcohol's impact on our bodies and on our brain and how it impacts everything from potential at work to our how we build muscle, like every single thing. And slowly over a period of years, I went from being sober curious, experimenting with sober months to now for the past two years, being completely alcohol free um, and continuing to learn about the impact it has on our body. That is really interesting because often you don't hear about people going alcohol free for their not only mental health and the way we think of it of depression, anxiety, but also just like cognitive health and alcohol is something that's been very influential in my life. My mother was an alcoholic and she passed away from alcohol, uh, alcoholism. And so it's something that I've always been very conscious of myself. And while I'm not I, I'm not completely abstinent from alcohol. I'm always very aware of why am I having a drink? And that's, I think something people don't often think about. It's kind of like, I go to the hair salon and they're like, hey, do you want a glass of wine? I'm like, 
no, I what I want like that it, it doesn't even cross my mind. Or if I'm going to Napa and want to experience experience the area, I might have a glass of wine because it's known for that. Or I go if I went to Tokyo, I would try sake there because it's part right. of the experience. But it's like, why am I having a drink? So I think I would like to hear a little bit. Are there benefits to if you have uh, four or five drinks a week and you're interested in decreasing that amount? Are there benefits to that? Or do you kind of have to go completely alcohol free in order to see benefits? So there's definitely benefits to reduction. And I'll start by saying I'm not anti-alcohol by any means. My kind of approach in all of this is really just trying to give people information that helps them make an informed choice. At the end of the day, there are reasons why emotionally it feels great to drink and physically why it might seem like it's great to drink. So I'm really here just to kind of give information and help you make that distinction for yourself. But reducing is definitely going to have benefits. For one, the first thing that I think most people see a benefit just from reduction is on our sleep. Sleep is so disrupted by alcohol. Normally, when we sleep, we have six to eight REM cycles in a normal eight-hour you know, uh, evening. One glass of red wine before bed can reduce that to one to two REM cycles. So you still might be asleep for eight hours, but your quality of sleep, you're having so many fewer REM cycles that you're going to wake up the next morning feeling groggy and feeling tired versus if you had had the you know full number of REM cycles. So if you think about it from that perspective, if you're having three glasses of red wine, it's going to disrupt your sleep that much more than just having the one. So is one glass of wine versus none, is it going to also impact the difference in sleep? 100%. But just by reducing it, you are going to allow yourself to at least have enough REM cycles to get a little bit of rest. Um, and then obviously by removing it, you kind of take that disruption out. I think also just in terms of reduction, you know, all of us experience hangovers. You drink the night before and wake up and you have that grogginess feeling, you're tired, you're achy. And that is because we have kind of surging uh, stress hormones from the night before. So with reducing it, you are eliminating the amount of stress that your body to detoxify. So imagine if you are traditionally having five drinks a week and you go down to two, you are asking your body to do less work to process that alcohol. There's just less in there to process. So it doesn't have to be an all or nothing mentality, but yes, reducing is definitely going to have some benefits. You'll see it in your sleep. You'll see it in your energy levels. You'll see it in your mental clarity. Um, and it's something I just encourage people to experiment with. See what one glass a week feels like versus five, and then see if you like that and adapt um, as required. Yeah. And imagine if you're getting five nights of crappy sleep a week, yep. <laughs> how much of that makes every day so much harder. And there's two ways that you can reduce the amount of wine that you're having. If you're at a, wine, a glass of wine every night kind of person and you're drinking it at home, you can either reduce it to one night a week, which is what I recommend. You could also reduce the quantity. So instead of a four, a five, six ounce pour, you're having literally a one ounce pour and one of those little old vintage, um, sherry or whatever glasses that are like these little tiny yeah. cups you know you could also do that and and see how that works and experiment with it and then maybe experiment with maybe i don't even need that at all or maybe i put last night i had a small glass of kombucha instead so yeah. 
kind of the same. I was having a kind of a stressful day. I was like, you know what? I, I've had this little, you know, local kombucha in my fridge for a while. Let me open that up. And it really t- almost tasted like a glass of white wine, uh, but it yeah. was much better for my digestion and my health. So yeah, I think there's Definitely. a lot of really big benefits to going alcohol free or to reducing the amount that you're drinking. Uh, what are some other benefits that you've noticed for yourself and for the people you work with? Definitely. So I think one of the really interesting things about going alcohol-free is in terms of the potential that we all very much was a gray area drinker, social drinker. And what I mean by that is I was having drinks after work, if it was a birthday party. And so I didn't feel like I was drinking that much, but alcohol definitely played a role in my life. What I didn't realize for the longest time until I went alcohol free is that I forgot a lot of what mental clarity felt like I was, I got used to almost being hungover. So yes, the hangovers still hurt and I still felt crappy, but I got used to operating at 20% and 20% just felt like my normal. And when I stopped drinking and something I see with the people I work with as well, and helping them reduce or remove alcohol is that you realize you were operating at 20% because you just get this incredible mental clarity to process your thoughts better. You get the ability to think rationally. You have the ability to problem solve. You just have access to more of your brain power, more energy to actually help you just go about your day. But it wasn't until I took the steps to remove the alcohol or at first to reduce and then remove that I even understood I was operating at a lesser capacity than my brain was capable of. That's definitely a huge thing that I've noticed. And I'll pair that with energy levels. Life is hectic. It throws a lot of things at us. And our energy that we have within us, this kind of battery body, body battery, it depletes. And if we are doing things that are constantly depleting that battery and we are not taking steps to recharge it, well, You can't approach the different things that life throws at you with intention. You can't show up to your employer and be a great employee. If you were just constantly tired and groggy, you can't show up for your partner. I remember days where I didn't even want to walk my dog. He was looking at me at Sunday morning and he's like, mom, can we please go outside and have a dog walk? And I'm like, to take you outside right now. He relies on me to take him outside, right? So a huge thing that you'll notice almost immediately, we're talking three to four days of reducing or removing alcohol, your energy levels will skyrocket. Again, because you're not asking your body to waste energy on processing this toxin that you've put inside. And I say toxin because, you know, we don't have to dive into the science of it, but your body sees it as something that it has to rid. Your body sees the alcohol as I have to rid of this. And then you're asking it to use energy that you could be using to walk the dog to detoxify the body. So energy levels, big one, and just that clarity of thought. And I would say, I mean, think about how much is that one glass of wine or however many, is it worth to you? As I was talking to one of my friends a few weeks ago and she's like, yeah, well, I'm going to a concert at a winery on Saturday. So I know Sunday I'm going to be worthless all day. And in my mind, it'd be like, I don't think that's where the wine is worth it. Mm -hmm. I can have just as much fun without the alcohol to not feel crappy the whole next day. So I think that's something to really keep in mind is like overall fun across, like across your, your life. 
if it's infecting you that much, it's just the balance isn't worth it. At least, yeah. I, at least you should reflect and think, is it? And, and you don't know how you're going to feel without alcohol if you don't take a bit of time away from it to see. Definitely. And I love that what you just said. It's actually a great exercise that I recommend to people is play the tape forward. And you can apply this to anything in life. This isn't necessarily just about alcohol. But what I'll tell people is if presented with the opportunity to drink, so maybe you're going to that concert at the winery, there's going to be wine available and you have the option of drinking it or not, right? That's Those are the cards on the table. Play out the scenario in your mind. If I have the drink, if I say yes to it, how, am I, how will I feel in 20 minutes? How will I feel before bed? How will I feel tomorrow morning? Those are kind of the increments of time that I ask, I suggest that people do that exercise. And if you say, okay, in the next five minutes, I'm going to feel great. I'm going to feel loose. I'll feel social, confident. You know, I can get up and dance. In 20 minutes, I'll still probably be feeling that, but I might be feeling like I'll want another drink because I just know once I have one, I, I start to have the craving for another. And then I know when I get to bed tonight in a few hours, I'm going to go to sleep because I have this under, I have the belief that alcohol helps me sleep. But then I wake up in the morning and I just know I'm going to feel hungover. I know I'm going to have low mood. I know I'm going to perhaps reach for foods that I know aren't going to nourish me that well, but just are comfort foods and that's actually not what our body needs in that moment. Are you okay with that reality? And if you are, you go for it. But if you know that you've done that exercise and you don't want to put yourself in the position, you know, you'll end up in the next morning that empowers you to make a decision split time seconds. That exercise takes 10 seconds to run through in your head. You can feel more empowered about saying no, because you know, you're protecting yourself from the reality that you just spelled out in front of you. Yeah. I, I love that way of thinking of it. I think it's, it's a really good exercise and it helps you frame. It's like, I'm not giving this up. I'm choosing, mm -hmm. I'm choosing one reality over another. And they're both making me give something up. Both circumstances, I'm giving up something. And the question is, what are you, what is your, what are you choosing to yeah. give up? And then one other thing I wanted to talk about is tips to be social and like how to reduce or eliminate the amount of alcohol that you're having while still, you know, not being someone who just stays in and does puzzles all the time. Definitely. And I love a good puzzle. Don't get me wrong. Love puzzles. <laughs> so I'd say there's a few things. You really got to define what fun looks like for you. And I think as we go through different stages of life, what I considered to be fun when I was 16 versus now what I consider to be fun versus what I might consider to be fun in five years, it changes because our interests change, our circumstances change, where we live changes. And I now, for me, know that fun is cooking, going on Instagram, finding an incredible recipe, sending it to all my friends, cooking it, and then setting up a park picnic and inviting them all to join it. Five years ago, that would not have been my definition of fun. I don't know if it will <laughs> be in five years, but that's where I'm at right now. And when I feel so good about that definition of fun, and I feel confident because I've cooked and I've gotten people to show up, like... There's nothing that it makes it a lot easier to avoid the peer pressure of my friends saying, oh, come out to the bars. Like that's where we're going to have fun. And look, I still go to bars. I still love going out and spending time, especially as alcohol-free options become more available. But defining what fun looks like, if you are interested in sober curiosity or just reducing, then you're going to be able to find the activities that you already know you're going to enjoy. 
So that's a big one. Define what fun looks like for you and get ideas, like list out all the different ones. So I have a list on my phone for when it's Friday night and my fiance goes, what are we going to do? I'm like, let me pull up my fun list. I have all of these things that I know I'm going to enjoy that don't involve or don't require me to drink to feel like I'm having fun. The second tip I'd say is getting real with yourself that there's never going to be a perfect time to do this kind of work. There's always another party. There's always another vacation. There's always another sports championship that we want to celebrate. And you have to really dig in a little bit into why you feel like you want to make this change. For me, as I mentioned earlier, do anything in my power to preserve my cognitive health. I saw what Alzheimer's did to my grandmother. It runs in our family. It's on both sides of my family. I likely have a higher predisposition to that disease. So I want to do everything to protect me. I want to set myself up that if I one day have children, I can be there and be active with them for as long as possible and be an active part of their life. Um, and how cool that we get the opportunity to make that decision. Like that is a incredibly fortunate and something I, you know, place to be in, not something I take for granted. But acknowledging that and that gives me a, that deeper why, that's what I go back to when I'm like, oh, I could just have the wine. And then I think, no, if you've made the decision that for you, this is the path of, of realizing longer term health, knowing that there's not going to be the right time to start, it grounds me a little bit of saying, okay, I'm just going to start now and I'm going to commit to this deeper why within me and I will learn how to navigate the next birthday party. I will learn how to navigate the next work promotion when someone hands me a bottle of champagne because that's how we celebrate, right? That's how we associate the champagne and, and with the promotion. If you're committed to overcoming those obstacles as they present themselves because you're operating from a deeper place of why, then this whole, you kind of get out of excuse mode. You're like, yeah, I can do this. I know it's I'm like going. When a woman's pregnant, she doesn't drink. Right. No one like you, no one's like, oh, how did you manage to do that? Because it's like that's what you do, because the why is so much bigger than yourself. Exactly. It's like you want to have a healthy baby. So mm -hmm. and, and it's funny because some people I'll, I'll work with a woman who's postpartum and she's like, well, I'll try not to drink. And it's like, well, if you were pregnant, you wouldn't try not to drink. You just wouldn't drink right at this event. So you can yeah. do it. The question is, do you want it enough? And I think that's the biggest introspection. And I love yeah. the idea of um making a fun list and often a lot of those things that you mentioned sound like way more memorable that picnic sounds awesome mm -hmm. uh yeah and you know like if you think of like okay a lot of the things are like well the easiest thing is to go to happy hour with the girls and it's like well could we go bowling is that really any more difficult to organize than happy hour mm -hmm. it's not because that picnic thing sounds great but it also sounds like a lot of work to organize whereas like oh well we could go like I said, we could go bowling or we could go roller skating or we could go for an uh, a, a urban hike or in, I'm in Seattle. We have urban hikes, um, Love it. <laughs> but, you know, we could go and do there's all sorts of things that we could go do that are the same cost around as going to happy hour and are going to be more fun and more memorable than if we just mm -hmm. went and had a drink. So I think that's something important to like take that control and make those suggestions among your friends and and especially 
with your significant other. You should definitely yeah. be able to to have that communication. Without well, question. Uh, we've had a wonderful conversation. Can you believe it's already been 20 minutes? <laughs> Flew by. Is there anything else that we didn't get to talk about that you wanted to mention? What I would leave everyone with, and this builds off of, you know, the idea of having this fun list and asking your friends and saying, hey, instead of happy hour with the girls, what about that urban hike? Or this new, you know, shop just opened up downtown, like, let's go check it out, love their, you know, clothes, whatever it might be. A lot of times we think that we are the only people experiencing I wouldn't even say experiencing, like I'm going to use the word struggling. And when I say struggling with alcohol, I mean, that can just be, you know, feeling like alcohol doesn't serve you as you're done being hungover, whatever that looks like for you. I really want to remind people and give you a sense of, of encouragement that you're not the only one. And I bet if you were to turn to your friends and say, Hey, instead of going to happy hour tonight, why don't we do something that doesn't involve drinking? We can all get to bed at a normal hour. And we can really have a lot of memories and enjoy tonight. You'd be shocked how many of your friends that resonates with. And alcohol and not drinking, it's a pretty taboo subject still. The tides are changing, but it's the reality. It can be an uncomfortable topic. I promise you more people are feeling the same way. If you are feeling from your intuition that something just around alcohol is not feeling my best anymore, it's not making me feel like me you know someone else who's feeling that way and they're probably in your immediate friend group. It's just that we don't talk about it. So test it out with your friends. It can be scary at first and not everyone is going to respond to it in the way that you might hope, but I'm telling you the people that are going to resonate with that, those are really the people that you want in your corner. They're the ones who are cheering you on. Those are going to be the people who support you at the end of the day. So make your fun list, share it with your friends, put it in group chat and see who it resonates with. And I think you're going to be surprised and encouraged uh, by the kinds of changes that you can make in yourself and even within your family and group of friends. I love that. That's really something great to sit with and think about. Uh, well, thank you for being here with me. Where can people find you, Gabriella? Can like, well, what do you have coming up? I should say, like, what's Yes. So I currently run one-on-one um, -on -one coaching for any individuals who are looking to control their drinking, whether that is reducing it or removing it fully from their life, improve your fitness and improve their productivity. There's so much the role of alcohol-free living in terms of getting in shape, building confidence, feeling strong, and how that translates into your productivity, whether you're building your own business or whether you're crushing it in the corporate world, whatever you're doing, it's all interlinked. Um, we will put my website and social handles in the show notes. You can come ahead, go and check those out, reach out to me. And yeah, so one-on-one -on -one coaching and we'll be launching a group program um, in the coming weeks. I am so excited for that. So follow Gabriella if you want to learn when that launches. Thank you so much for taking the time. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It was such a great if you liked this episode, please follow and rate the podcast and share it with a friend. It really means a world of difference for this small podcast to get discovered and help more people. And thank you so much for joining us today.